This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, where legends are made here in Minnesota. Corey Provis alongside Derek Falvey for our Sunday program, our last Inside Twins before the All-Star break. Twins and the Rays wrapping up this four-game series here today on a warm, steamy Sunday here at Target Field. Twins and the Rays one more time. The Twins at 43-50, and 50, Tampa Bay at 49-46. and 46. And as I mentioned, joining us in the program today, a good guest and a good way to finish off the first half of the baseball calendar. The Twins' chief baseball officer. Always nice to chat with Derek Falvey. How are you? Good to be here, Corey. It's uh, great to chat with you, and this is kind of a fitting show, and thanks for your time today. You know, 43-50, first it's odd that the Twins are going to play their 94th game at the All-Star break. I know the baseball calendar pushed back a little bit later. Uh, more off days in the uh, baseball calendar this year. That's part of the CBA. But is it odd to you that teams are playing 94 to 95 games at the midway point? Yeah, you know, I, I think midway. You just used that word. and I'm not sure that's entirely appropriate to describe where the All-Star break is right now. Uh, we think about it as a halfway point, but realistically, we're, you know, we're well beyond that. So uh, it, it's a little bit different. I think we just, whenever the break comes, it comes for us. But you know, we've been looking at our club you know, all year to try and identify where, where we are, and that won't change really through the end of the month so it doesn't matter the trade deadline date didn't change you maybe see you know seven eight more games than you would have in the past from a personnel standpoint from a scouting standpoint, does it change a whole lot? It doesn't. I, I think you know the reality is deadlines often drive decisions in this game and and really in, in all walks of life. But I think that uh, this year we'll approach it the same way. You know, we'll learn more as much as we can about our club over the next couple of weeks. We've certainly had some unfortunate elements with respect to injury or uh, some other some other issues and and getting some of those guys back, whether it's Jorge Polanco or Irvin Santana working back, and you know, ultimately hopefully guys like. Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano and others that we were counting on for the year. The more those guys can show up, the better we'll know about our club. It's been a great homestand. Hopefully the Twins can win one more and make it a nine-win homestand so far, eight and two, on what is the longest homestand of the season. With the success, Derek, that the team has had on this homestand, has the narrative or the plan change come July 31, based on what's transpired here the last 10 days? Well, I think we, st- we still have a couple more weeks to really identify more about our club. We look at the season oftentimes in about 10-day increments, you know, and there are uh, different stretches of 10 game. Uh, 10 games where you do you do well and sometimes you don't do quite as well as you'd hope and I think that that won't change you know right now we've played good baseball we're getting as I said healthier and returning some of those players if we continue to play good baseball we'll have to evaluate that as part of the process but our goal has always been and will continue to be put this team in the position to be in the best place to win long term yeah it seems like that the trade deadline is tomorrow but there is still time before you get to that point so I'm sure you get this question a lot. Are the Twins buyers or sellers right now? 
Do you have time to answer that question before you have to make a decision? I think you do. I, I, we looked at it just the other day, and over the last uh, three trade deadlines, uh, I would say most of the trades you would determine as deadline trades, either buy or sell trades, 80% of them occur within the last five days <laughs> of, of the of the deadline period. So I think the reality is that most trades are done as you get really close to the deadline. So that's a good thing in some ways. We can learn more about where we are with our club by then, and you know, we'll, we'll make decisions as we see fit. That's an interesting point because there was, and you heard this from the players in the clubhouse, that there was a lot of pressure that they felt that they had to win a sense of urgency on this homestand, and that probably applies for the upcoming road trip, too, that begins Friday in Kansas City, I would imagine. Well, once you – our team knows this, and this is no secret, but if, if you put yourself in a position where you've struggled for uh, the first half and, and you're not where you expected to be – Every game matters. You know, your pace has to improve. So uh, to go through this homestand the way we have to date and hopefully continue to do that moving forward, that allows you to build back some of the gap. But the reality is you're, we're not in as good a position as we hope to be. We'd love to be a division leader right now or, or sitting in that top wild card spot and feeling good about where things stand. Instead, now we've got to fight. We've got to, we've got to claw back, and we'll see what our team's made of. It also needs some help too, right? It, it's not no just question. that. And because the wild card, that, that's not going to come out of the, the AL Central right now, barring a, a developing change in the AL West so it's it's win but also keep tabs on what the division leader and the Indians are doing at the same time no doubt every year is a little bit different in terms of what you're looking at last year I think as we approached the deadline it seemed like the wild card was more of a you know reasonable uh, expectation as you've just mentioned I think we're tracking right now if all, everything stays the way it has to have at least three teams with 100 wins in the American League which is really something unique I, I can't imagine I can't remember the last year that happened so yeah I think there's a shot that you know we certainly have to pay attention to what is happening elsewhere but we need to control what we can control which is our play and what we're doing on a daily basis the strategy with the front office about what you can and, and, and hope to do and maybe you'll end up doing before the deadline is it does it change if you're just gunning for one game winner take all wild card or we're going to put all our eggs into winning the division therefore we get if we win a series. We get a best out of five series as opposed to just going all in for maybe a one-game winner-take-all. It definitely changes when you think about uh, we're all shooting to win a division. I think that's that's step one, right? And not that you can't from a wild-card position you know, eventually win that, that championship. Certainly teams have. But I would say that you know, ultimately our, your goal at the outset of the season um, ultimately to get to win a World Series championship is to get your division, is to win win within that group. So I think it does change a little bit depending where you are within the standings around wild card or, or division. But ultimately, uh, you want to get in. Like we did last year, You know, anything can happen. Sometimes things go, uh, go your way as it broke in the first inning last year. It seemed like they were going our way early and, and the Yankees fought back. So I think that getting into the playoffs is a special accomplishment for any club, and, and that should always be the goal. We'll take our first break here on the show. A lot to dissect with Derek as we move along today. Injury updates on Byron Buxton. Fernando Romero is up today. Aaron Slegger is on the DL. Also, Nick Gordon left the game last night at AAA Rochester. We'll get some news on that and much more to come. Twins and the Rays inside Twins here on this Sunday. We'll take a break, come back with more in a moment on your home for Twins baseball. Your flagship home of Minnesota Twins baseball, 830-WCCO. This is a commercial for Schweigert Hot Dogs. And like a Schweigert, it's so good, it's gone in 15 seconds. So next time you get a Schweigert, slow down, make it last. Or eat two, your call. Schweigert, the overly uncomplicated official hot dog of the Minnesota Twins. 
Kubota's L2501 HST packs powerful performance into one easy-to-operate compact tractor. Designed for all-day operator comfort and easy use of implements, the L2501 HST makes mowing, digging, hauling, and lifting quick and simple. Now get payments as low as $139 a month with 0% APR financing for 84 months. Now through August 31st, 2018. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. For the Kubota dealer nearest you, visit GoKubota.com. Hey, Ken Herbeck here, and summertime in Minnesota means baseball. Weekends up north and family time. This year, enjoy the one and only Kilbury Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Pick up a six-pack or a case at your neighborhood Festival Foods grocery store. Whether it's ice cream floats for dessert or a caffeine-free, gluten-free refreshment, your kids will absolutely love. Take it from a guy who knows a little bit about legends. You're never too old to relive the fun of sharing your first Kilbury. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This is Max Kepler of the Minnesota Twins. When I'm injured and need an MRI, I want answers so I can get back in the game. At Center for Diagnostic Imaging, I can get the right answers right away with the highest quality images and the best radiologists reading them. With CDI, I know I'll get accurate results and the answers I need to get back on the field. That's why I choose CDI and so should you. CDI is the official medical imaging, MRI, and radiology provider of the Minnesota Twins. Learn more at mycdi.com slash twins. Hey, baseball fans. Minnesota is twins territory. And like the twins, carsoup.com knocks it out of the park. Smart shopping tools make it easy to search over 6 million vehicles. Carsoup.com. Right car, right price, right now. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Twins and the Rays coming up at just after 1 o'clock. Twins win the, the series if they can get that W today behind Fernando Romero and Ryan Stanek opposing for the Rays. We'll get Derek's take on what the Rays are doing uh, with their pitching this year. I think it's fascinating, and we'll have more on that as we move along with our program. But first, getting back to some injury updates, Derek, if we can. And let's start with the guy who's going to get the ball today in Fernando Romero. And asking Paul yesterday, even before the game, who was going to start Sunday's game, he said, probably the first time in nearly four years of managing, I have no idea who is going to start tomorrow's game. How this all come about? Well, we we talked about uh, Aaron Slager certainly had been uh, lined up, you know, with respect to the day. Um, he was available out of the bullpen for the last couple of days just to make sure that we gave ourselves a little bit of extra length uh, in the event that we needed it. And Aaron, uh, he just felt a little bit of soreness playing catch. We think this is something we caught really early. But, you know, anytime you get a guy who's a little bit tight in the upper shoulder area and you get a little bit of inflammation, uh, you get nervous just because you don't want that thing to, to become a major issue you know, down the line. We feel like we've really we're knocking it out here over the next few days. We've got the all-star break, a little bit of time for Aaron to get that healthy. So we, we decided at that point to bring up Fernando to make the start for today's game. Can you make any connection with what Aaron's dealing with now physically to his rough start earlier on this homestand? It's possible. I, I think you, you never know exactly what leads to a guy uh, struggling or, or not feeling quite as good uh, within a start. I would say that my guess is there's probably something related to the two. Uh, but he's somebody who you know, he rarely goes in the training room. He takes really good care of himself. So I think you know, to have some tightness and soreness in the shoulder, we just don't want something like that to create more of a problem for us down the line. When was uh, Fernando going to throw with Rochester? He was going to throw tomorrow. Okay. So he was already more or less lined up for this day. He's had some days off with their all-star break and some downtime. So uh, this lines up pretty well for him. I believe three starts, right, since he went down in late June and his ERA great. And there was one game where his walk rate was pretty high. I think he walked five in his second start. 
after being sent back down. Chatting with you when that happened, it was it was to work on his changeup, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the fastball, the, the sink, the slider, but it was lack of changeup that was impacting his results here. Were there better results throwing that pitch down there? Definitely. He continues to work on it. I think it's a work in progress. Uh, certainly use of and fastball command will always be an area of focus for any young pitcher. Uh, I think I said this when he had his first couple of starts up here, and they were they were exceptional, and that, that was a really good sign from him. But we did recognize there was still development remaining for him. He had had very little time in AAA. Uh, we were forced into a need, really, to, to get him back up here. And so you know that we still feel like there's still development to be made. That can be done here, but it also could be done sometimes more effectively in AAA. So we'll just we'll continue to see the progress he makes. Where we believe in his future, we believe in who he is, in the way he goes about competing on the mound in his pitches, and we'll just keep growing those. So Aaron Slegger's on the disabled list. Romero takes his spot, and we'll start game four today. Other injury notes, uh, notes, Derek. I want to get in on this segment here. Let's start with uh, Byron Buxton. There was uh, concern. I'm sure you had concern when he saw the news. He came out uh, something with his hand or his wrist. Uh, X-rays, MRIs, all came back negative. Is it a hand? Is it his wrist? Is it kind of in between? What's the the uh, diagnosis on him? We're very fortunate, uh, I believe, in Byron's case. Uh, when someone comes out of the game you know, mid-swing, uh, you do worry, you know, certainly, that something is more significant there. We, as you just mentioned, we're fortunate to have gone through the medical process and feel good about the prognosis here. That it's just some inflammation and irritation in uh, in his wrist area. So he strained it uh, on a swing. Something that we want to get ahead of. Again, much like Aaron, you don't want to let that transpire. Could he have been down for a couple of days without? a DL stint possibly you know to just give him rest but we felt like rather than worry about the day-to-day uh, let's let's just put him down for seven days which is the minor league DL timeline and then we'll see where it is four or five days from now yeah so are you out and I guess it's too early to know if seven will, will be enough or I'm optimistic okay. that that's the case I think if he's if he's pain-free by day four or five maybe starts that swinging progression and then you see him potentially be active by the end of that now at the same time he's as we've said all along he's an important guy for us and we want to take this slowly if necessary so we'll just make sure that he's giving us the feedback that we need and one more name before we take our next break nick gordon came out of the game last night with rochester also hand related yeah another one on a swing a little bit different part of his hand might have just been a little bit more soreness and again when you have minor league players who are progressing to the major leagues you want them to be honest you want them to vocalize when they're feeling some soreness oftentimes players persist through some things you know with from a pain standpoint that uh, that they probably shouldn't and so i think that was just precautionary last night we don't anticipate much issue there with nick when he shows up to the park today we'll know a little bit more but we we feel he's in a good place so no immediate plans to put him on that deal not at all yep all right we'll take a break come back and when we return i want to get derek's take on on the rays and their pitching situation going on right now using bullpen guys closers and in what they call openers and that'll happen today with ryan stanick who throws really hard he'll pitch maybe the first possibly the second inning here today where we see more teams go that route we'll dive into that topic and more coming up next on your home for twins baseball Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Derek Falvey in our Sunday program. Ryan Stanek, Derek, is going to start today for the Rays. And this will be, I guess, his 12th start, or what the Rays call it, his 12th opener, uh, to begin a game this season. This goes back to something the Rays have been doing since mid-May when Sergio Romo started back-to-back games in Anaheim. Romo is now closing after Colomay got traded to Seattle earlier this season. Not many teams are going this route. 
Why do you think the Rays are, and do you see more teams doing this down the line? Well, I, I think the Rays, to talk about why they're doing it, uh, I think they've already been on record talking about they did this somewhat out of necessity, you know, not necessarily preseason plan. They had a few uh, starters go down uh, and felt like they had some bullpen depth and guys that had started before but maybe were better transitioned to the bullpen. So they felt like this was actually a way to maximize the pitchers that they had in their system, and I, I give them a ton of credit for that, that they were willing to take a, a little bit of a risk. And I think if, uh, if anything, you ask the question of whether or not it's going to continue to be something that teams employ I mean the proof's in the pudding right and and it's it's gone really well for them over the last month uh, I think outside of their traditional starter days their these opener days for them uh, their team ARA fits in the top top few in all of baseball so I think what it boils down to is We've seen this over the years on the back end of a bullpen. You know, uh, closers didn't exist at one point in time in the game, and now they did. And then it became setup men and uh, specialists and you know, left-right specialists. So I think what we're seeing is we're all trying to maximize our outs. We're all trying to find ways to maximize the most efficient time to use a pitcher and when you can uh, make sure that you have the right kind of matchup from a, from a pitching standpoint. And this gives them another avenue to do that, not just at the back end of the game, but maybe at the front end of the game. And I, for one, you know, I believe that we should always be seeking ways to be progressive and, and think about new ways to, to, to employ the 25 men on a team. And if we're not doing that, we're not doing our job. So I think it's something we're going to learn a lot more about, and I would imagine we'll see more of. And thinking about who would be a candidate on this Twins team right now, and maybe this is only just one situation and there's more to it, but would, would Jake Odorizzi be an ideal candidate because of his struggles this season facing the lineup the third time through the numbers jump up, average OPS, you name it? Is that a part of it, too, that that third time through gets some guys and you can minimize that starter who's going to follow the opener today? And that, this could be Yarbrough following Stanek today. He won't necessarily see... You know, Dozier and Maurer and Rosario the third time, but probably twice. Well, that's exactly right. I think there are some pitchers on our staff that could benefit. You talked about third time through the order. And to really get into the, the weeds of this, when you think about it, if you use an opener for the first two innings, say, and he gets through the first six outs of the game, those are the first six hitters, if everything goes according to plan, well, that means your starter's facing seven, eight, nine to start the game or start his game. And once you get to the third time through for him, the hitters he's facing third time through are actually seven, eight, nine, not one, two, three. Mm. There could be some benefit to that. So we're we're always studying ways to to maximize you know, each individual matchup and advantage. I mean, Paul's thinking about when to bring in a certain reliever and what part of the game and how you prepare for it. Uh, this really isn't that different. It's just doing it about five or six innings earlier. Pitchers have to buy into it too, and there are certain personalities that probably never will. They, they have a routine that they want to always start the game. That first inning is important. Will this be a tough sell with, with some with some starters? I, I believe this gets back to how we how we invest in our players and, and sell anything, which is explain the why. You know, in some cases, uh, our players are this would be the best thing for them. You know, and certain for certain guys who maybe are a great two inning option to start a game, this is a great this is a great spot. I, I think that when you think about a game, if it's one to one in the eighth and you bring in your one of your best relievers, that makes a lot of sense. That's a really important time in a tie game typically with the top of the order coming up. Well, if you bring in your best reliever in the first inning when it's 0-0 for the first three hitters of the game, that's still an important inning. You know, Ultimately, you don't get more credit for runs later in a game than you do earlier in a game. So if you can stop that and think about it that way, maybe it changes the dynamic in the clubhouse. You hear this a lot, that the hardest three outs are the last three. Is that statistically true? 
Well, I, I first three outs. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that we could prove that necessarily because I think that that is mostly around the reality of maybe the emotional side of it or the, psych- <laughs> the psychological side yeah. is to g- finish that game is always hard. But at the end of the day, twenty-seven outs, you know, in a normal game, you've got to you've got to get and however you can get them without the other team scoring more than you can. I know that seems simple. That's the goal, and that's what we're trying to do. Last one on this topic before we take our last break. Will this be more prevalent for small to mid-market teams, whereas the big market teams can subsidize their roster with experienced veterans with you know expanded payroll will we see more teams if they do will they be small to mid-market teams i I don't know that it necessarily reflects the market i would say this it probably reflects the quality of your you know overall depth of your starting staff you know i think about a couple of teams in american league right now whether it's houston or or cleveland or you know even new york and boston that have pretty established you know uh four to five starters in their rotation that uh, don't struggle as much maybe the third time through the lineup. If those teams were to have that same issue that some of these other other clubs have, that maybe some of our guys have, they would employ it too. So I don't think it's necessarily market size. may speak more to the depth of your starting staff. We'll take a last break, come back, and wrap up our Sunday show next on your home for Twins Baseball. The radio home for Twins Baseball, 830-WCCO. Just about 30 seconds left at Inside Twins, brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created, legends are made. Do you get away from baseball here in the next few days? Get a little bit of time with the family. I don't know that you get away from it. Uh, the phone will still be active. There's no doubt about that. All right, fun show today, Derek. Thanks for your time, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Right, we thank Derek Falvey for joining us here on the show today. Great insight here. Twins and the Rays coming up. The pregame show is right around the corner. Then we'll have game four with Romero against Stanek. We thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned. More to come. Twins baseball right here on your home for Twins baseball.